Now listen closely. They will attack your eyes till nothing remains but two bloody sockets. Ladies and gentlemen, my subject is disturbed tonight. Her world is disturbed. Now I saw those bodies and whoever mutilated them has a very special problem. There's nothing to be afraid of. Stay scary podcast. Did your uh, did your client give birth to a maggot baby? This is the, the important thing. The Brundle Brundle baby, Brundle the, maggot baby. The maggot baby. <laughs> was it a maggot baby? Yeah. Was it a maggot baby, darling? Was it was it a beautiful squirming worm of a baby? No, it was a beautiful little baby girl. That's disappointing. Pink and healthy and screaming. Mike Myers in the fly, was that what you were doing? You sort of Austin <laughs> Powers fly crossover? Yeah. Yeah. Now we need, yeah, I would, I would, I would have much preferred you to tell me that it was a maggot baby. Exciting. I know. Shut up. <laughs> Sorry. Jesus. That- no, it's the cat. The cat is at the door and she's meowing like she wants to come in and I'm not having her come in. Emma yeah. likes to jump up and sit right about here. And just sort of look at me while when I'm, I think she doesn't understand why I'm talking into this thing and not paying attention to her. My cats do not give a fuck. Like they'll come in, you know, um, but they won't jump up on anything. They'll just kind of, well, foot foot will just glare at me. And then Mephisto will sit there and, and give us what we call, give me what we call a driveway face. When, <laughs> when Mephisto was a feral kitten and uh, I was, you know, the, we were the feeders in our neighborhood and he would, you know, be sitting in our driveway looking at me with these like big saucer velvet painting eyes like you're gonna give us some food now um but that now that's the face that he also uh gives me when he wants a bummy rub because he likes to have his bummy rub and i have to tell you this because it's it's uh it's it's really disturbing um so what he likes to do is he jumps up on the bed and he sticks his ass up in the air right and you have to, you know, kind of pet him like a dog. You got to rub like, you know, right, you know, right in front of his tail. Yeah. And he sticks his ass up in the air. But not only that, he buries his head under the pillow. <laughs> he like, he'll headbutt the pillow until like his whole head is like underneath the pillow. And he's like a bossy bottom. Like he'll just like, <laughs> it's, it's really, I, it's really quite disgusting, Just but like that's Saturday what Saturday morning cartoon, bossy bottoms, bossy bottoms, Mephisto, <laughs> the bossy, bossy bottom. bottom starring. He's a bossy it's a, bottom. It's a Dora spinoff. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's quite. Dora it's, the Explorer and the bossy bottom. It's, it's quite something. It's quite it, something. It sounds like cat behavior. I, I've never had a cat that's that's like been like this much of a this much of a, a pervert. <laughs> but I'm I'm sure if he could understand English, he'd be very happy to to hear that description of, of himself. I, you know, I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would. <laughs> anyway, you know, I, I I relived the maggot baby moments this week, and it was um it was just every bit as comical as I remembered. You you really need to watch the DVD extras because there's there's a there's a little part of that scene where they're trying to 
I think it, it might, it must be in the dream sequence where Cronenberg is actually playing her doctor in that. Yeah. And, and oh. he tries to comfort her and turns on a TV and it's just like people screaming at each other like oh well like i guess maybe not and turns it off and there, there's so much in the dvd extra of, of that yeah i gotta check that out i gotta check that out because I, I don't think i have that on dvd amazingly enough because i i do quite enjoy that movie anyway yeah so <laughs> Maggot babies, um, <laughs> maggot babies do things for you. The doobie doo, maggot babies. They'll crawl right out of your vagina. They're maggots, but they're fans of classic films. <laughs> 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 and we recreate scenes from classic films, North by Northwest, with a maggot crawling, and there's a maggot in the biplane. All right. So, yeah, this is going to be interesting to edit. As always, <laughs> welcome to Stay Scary Podcast, a very silly podcast about very serious horror. My name is Lisa McColgan. I'm Ian Kiefer. And our returning guest, we're, we're delighted to, to finally have you back here in the, in the new COVID format. Introduce well, thank you yourself. For having me. I'm, I am Nick Zeno. I am a writer and musician and a big fan of, of horror, both good and bad. Yes. Yes. And so uh, we have decided that the, um, the, that the topic for this episode is bugs. Bugs, and man. That was, and that was before the vice presidential debates. Yes. Yes. That was that was before the fly that uh, that changed the course of an election. Let, let's hope. <laughs> it's like we knew. I think it's like we knew yep. that that fly would be the most famous fly of 2020. I know they should have like they should have like plucked that bad boy off of his like perfectly snow white quaff and like shellacked that motherfucker. You make a list of the top 10 flies of, of 2020. Yes. That one is going to be right there at the top. Number one with a bullet. Pence fly. Pence fly. <laughs> Mother fly. <laughs> Mother fly. That sounds like that would be a 70s movie, Mother fly. Mother fly. The 70s was pretty ripe with uh, insect movies, as, yes. as, you've, as you've told us, Nick. Yes, there was a, there was a squirm. Um, Which I saw. Squirm and, uh, and bug, of course. Bug is the one I watched this week, and and what a wonderfully terrible film that is. The, well, it's the great William Castle's final film, mm. and, and William Castle known for uh, like the schlockiest of schlock. Tell us about that one because I did not see that one. Oh, oh, it's magical, and it also features a splendid cameo by the Brady Bunch Kitchen. Oh, I didn't notice. Well, that is me. the Brady Bunch Kitchen, and that where is a fact. Where that the is lady a fact. Catches yeah. on fire. Yeah, and Which and is... part and part of the living room set. It's uh, yeah, they 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 reduced the living room set, you know, for a smaller footprint, but the 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 kitchen is all Brady yeah. Bunch. Alice would not would not tolerate a bug in her kitchen. I don't believe it. <laughs> well, so this is the thing about this movie. They didn't think that cockroaches were creepy enough on their own, so they made the cockroaches start fires. They rub their little legs together and they start fires, which they crawl up your your uh, your tailpipe and blow up your truck. They get in your hair. There's, and it, the the pacing of this movie is the the strangest thing. 
because there's so many pauses, long pauses in between lines of dialogue. Like there's one, there's a funeral scene and this is, this is sort of the pacing of the dialogue. Yeah. So awkward. So awkward. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's some scenes where it just sort of seems like they run out of dialogue and look at each other like, we good. And then everybody just walks away. They, and you see them walk away. Well, you know, just cutting to the next thing. It was the age of the quaalude, you know? So I'm, I'm, I would not be surprised if most of them were pretty significantly looted up to do that. Who who directed that movie? It's William Castle. William Castle. Yeah. Yeah. So who, who gave us, uh, gosh, so many, the tingler. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, the, the tingler where, uh, and, and his, his big thing was, um, gimmicks. Uh, so with the tingler, he actually, every like fourth or fifth seat in the theater, there would be like an electric shock device so that, uh, you know, look out, the tingler has been set loose in the, in the theater, you know, the, the screen would go dark and the only way to, what's the word uh, that I want you know, the only way to, you know, reduce its powers is to scream. So, you know, so meanwhile, people are having their assholes shocks. Right. Well, and and then they have on the screen, it, it it went blank and then you saw like a, just a, like a bug or something crawling over the screen or something happened to, to make it seem like it was in the theater with you. Yes. That gimmick, John Waters, uh, I think was inspired by that gimmick. Yeah. 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 I mean, John Waters was heavily, heavily influenced by William Castle. And so, yeah, the bug was his final, his final entry before he uh, passed through the veil. A last gasp, if you will. A, and very much a last gasp. But yeah, the other thing about those cockroaches is that they became like self-aware cockroaches. The the, mm-hmm. the mutant as they became like the mutant, like, you know, it's it's the classic, you know, here are these horrible bugs that have come up from the center of the earth and, and because and, of an earthquake, because of an earthquake and, you know, crawl up, you know, your exhaust pipe. And, and of course, you know, as I'm watching it, all I'm thinking is Eddie Murphy going, I ain't going to fall for no cockroach in my tailpipe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that scene in the Brady Bunch kitchen, let's talk about that for a yes. second because yes. the, a, a, a woman walks into her kitchen with a box and she puts it down and we see the, the cockroach crawl out of the box. And then she proceeds to haltingly recite a recipe for almost the entire length of that seed. She's like, I need some butter and I need some milk. And I need, and the, the whole time, like, Ugh, there that are, drove there, me crazy. There, there's one wonderful part where just like the little head and antenna of the bug poke up over her shoulder, like, Boop. And then, then you see, then she reads a few more ingredients and then it crawls in her hair and then it doesn't even really ignite quickly. It takes her a minute of, of reading more recipe stuff before it starts to ignite in her hair. Then her hair ignites and she, it's a close up on her just screaming like, ah, and as her hair catches fire, then she just runs in the other room and face plants in the couch and that's it. And then yeah. you cut to the, the next scene where, which is all like mumble core horror where the, the, the scientist who's been trying to stop this, the, you, his friend is, he's in a dark room, a very inky room where a friend walks up behind and puts his hand on his shoulder. And I know Sharon was your friend. But then, oh, 
Oh, it was his wife. It was his wife. And that was the, that was the puzzling part. Like they were married, but like you never, other than the first scene of the movie, you never saw them together. You never like, you never saw anything significant about their relationship. Like, you know, she just seemed completely batshit loony. And, you know, just like, wait a minute. The, okay. Yeah, but you never, other than the first scene in the movie, like it, it takes a minute for them. For, it took a minute for me to realize like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, they're married. They're married. It's crazy. It's almost existential horror mixed in with some beautifully shot cockroaches. Yes. Like yeah, the the, armor plated cockroaches. There are some, there's some really beautiful camera work of those in there. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're quite they're quite beautiful, quite beautiful cockroaches. But it's the classic. The scientist is is trying to mitigate the harm or or, or whatever. So so what does he do? He takes like the last, you know, because they're all dying on their own because they can't live in the pressure of uh, you know being out from underneath the bowels of the earth. So they're they all the dying bends. on their own. Right. They get the bends. They have the bends. These cockroaches have the bends. So he takes, so what does he do? He takes like the one surviving cockroach and, and mates it with a regular cockroach. So of course, you know, there's like, you know, I'm like, yeah, that little, that little regular cockroach is going to get it on. So like, you know, they show like just a, a little bit of cockroach porn and <laughs> the cock of the cockroach. The, so there's a little bit of cockroach porn going on with the little regular cockroach mounting like the big mutant cockroach. And so she has, she hatches, you know, the, the big egg pod full of, you know, these new and improved cockroaches. It's just like, what are you thinking, man? Like, this is, this isn't, this is not going to be good. It's like our, the episode that we did before. You don't fuck with nature. You don't fuck with nature. And, you know, so what happens is they become like these meat eating. They're not only, they not only are able to set themselves aflame or start fires, they're also carnivorous and they're self-aware. I didn't they get start, the self-aware part. What was they the start spelling shit out on the oh, wall. Right, right. Cause he, oh, because he starts saying X, Y, Z for, for no reason. Yeah, and then and, they, and then and then they spell out X Y Z on the wall, like Peter Gabriel's sledgehammer video. All of a yes, sudden. and then and then they say we live. They spell out we live on the wall. Yeah, so they're so they're self aware cockroaches. That's that's their big thing that they just tell people is that we live. That's that's their profound cockroach message to the world. It's their well, only message. It's, there, it's like, we're alive and now we're going to take you down and take you down into the bowels of the earth with us because, yeah, that's the message. Because they're mad as hell and they're not going to take it anymore. And they're like. Because we, we also glow now and he just sort of walks out and falls into a, a, a crevasse and then that's, that's. Isn't that that's literally it. the end of the movie? That's, just, the, that's the end of the movie. And then, and then the, and then the, the earth starts oh. to bury him and, and, and it's, yeah. So, so let me get this straight. These cockroaches, they appear out of nowhere and all of a sudden they have these powers. What, what gave them these powers? Like how they get them? Well, well they, they had these powers because they came from the middle, from the center of the earth because there was an earthquake and there was this huge, you know, rift in the, in the earth. And so these cockroaches emerged and they were cockroaches that nobody knew about because they were down in the magma. Yeah, apparently they could live with without air 
for <laughs> down because there's then the earthquake releases them and, and during a church service. Yes, which is never really that, that sort of whatever metaphor that was is never addressed again anywhere else in the film. It's just well, I'd have to remember what the point of the sermon was. I'd have to go back and listen to the sermon if it, if it if it had something to do with like don't fuck with the natural world or, or something like that, or hubris. I don't know. Yeah. It makes sense that the seventies would have spawned these kinds of movies because you hear a lot of, you know, they environmental awareness was a thing, you know, back then. Um, I mean, it, I think it took a little bit of a backseat in the eighties when, you know, it was just a little consumerism was, was big, but I feel like the seventies, I remember hearing a lot um, in school about in elementary school about, you know, saving the environment. Well, it seems like they, you have, if you trace back these things, there's, there's often some sort of uh, societal influence on them because you go back to them in 1954. That's one that I watched. It's a giant ants that are created uh, because they were within the vicinity of a atomic testing and an atomic bomb goes off. <clears throat> the ants get huge. It's actually a, a decent drama from that point. The, the, and they, and the giant ants, they had this, the good sense to sort of hide them behind like dust, dusty wind blowing by and, and, dark caves and things so you never get to see the the full but it that's the atomic age i don't know what it was in the the 60s so much but 70s it was sort of more the environment is reacting the 80s it was uh like nuclear sludge whatever i don't know what would it have been what were the big were there big bug movies in the 90s i don't remember any big well, starship troopers if you want to talk about that one um that was a, I think that was a nineties film. <laughs> We're just not <laughs> caffeinated enough. No, no. More bugs. coffee. I, I'm afraid to drink more coffee, but yet. I'm well, yeah, it. no, I, uh, yeah. Well, you know, the, the fly was 1986, right? Yes, it was. And, yeah. And uh, it got Jeff Goldblum uh, some awards and the makeup uh, guy. Uh, also won some awards. Was for... that Rick, was that Rick Baker? No, uh, no. Was uh, Chris Wallace? Okay, okay, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that they was, actually um... mentioned in there that they that uh, they there had been all sorts of you'd have all the, the bladder effects for yep. changing uh, the like American Werewolf in London. Um, somebody I can't remember what else, but they that was the big thing then. Uh, and that was that was Rick Baker's. So they, in deciding how to make the transformation in the in Cronenberg's uh, fly, they didn't want to use that. They wanted to try something else. And they, man, they they came up with a lot of good stuff to to make that transformation convincing. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was this. You, you sort of saw it early on. You know, his skin started getting funky. You know, there were mm -hmm. the insect hairs in his back, but like his skin started getting funky, and his eyes started to like get a little cloudy. It's it's such, <laughs> you know, because I'm a fan of the original Fly. Because um, I mean that that ending is so that ending is just classic. It's just classic. <laughs> help me! Help me! Um, it also looks beautiful if you get the Blu-ray. Yeah, that neon stuff. It's sort of a, a, a an update of the the like the 30s 
uh, Frankenstein and, and all that, the thirties and forties laboratory stuff, but in color. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was a huge fan of the original to begin with, but, um, the Cronenberg version, and I was like 15 or 16 when that came out and I went to see it and I was just like, Holy shit. This is so good. And and it, it started my, you know, thing of having, having the hots for Jeff Goldblum. Um, you know, even, even as, you know, even as Brundlefly, I think there was something (laughs) kind of, kind of sexy, kind of sexy about Brundlefly. Um, (laughs) Well, when he first gets his strength and he's like strutting around his apartment and doing like gymnastics on the pipes and stuff and those old um, like factory loft apartments that were so, you know, I think prominent in the 80s. I remember, um, what was it? Fatal Attraction. Oh, everybody. Yeah, everybody everybody lived. Everybody lived in these, you know, fantastically outfitted old lofts. And they were it all works well for this, though. It works very well for this in, in terms of sort of being a, a home laboratory kind of experience. Yeah. I mean, in that case, like the, you know, the loft actually looked like a, a, a nerdy science guy who doesn't get out much. Um, the kitchen is not particularly fancy. The bathroom is not particularly fancy. He sleeps on a pullout couch with the horrible matching chair that 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 plaid like woolish yeah yeah that scratchy that scratchy ass couch you know and i'm like you guys are gonna fuck on that really (laughs) that was that was your first thought watching them gina davis got pregnant on that couch well i mean but that's the thing like when she when she conceived was it the first time they fuck on the pullout couch before he goes through the pods or, you know, was it the multiple times that they had sex afterwards because he was just this insatiable fly sex God? Well, there are a couple of different uh, alternate endings. One of that they show on the extras as well. One of which is, is that she ends up with the editor boyfriend again. Mm -hmm. And the, the final scene is sort of, them in in bed and then they sort of dive in and you see in her uterus there is something forming and it has wings and it is a baby butterfly baby human butterfly hybrid that's stupid yes which is whatever (laughs) the guy who wrote it was like we filmed it i thought it was great no one else thought it was good everybody told me it was stupid and we got it because <laughs> it is stupid they, they well, i mean it needed to end where it ended where she you know yeah. she shoots it in the head yeah. like boom that's it i just have one question so if like he regurgitates and it dissolves things like what does his spunk do well, it, it serves a different purpose than. than <laughs> well, I mean, I think eating, by the time but... by the time he was puking on donuts, I think his penis had fallen off. I mean, I'd have to look at everything that was in the medicine cabinet that well, had flies fallen off. Flies have to have penises. How do they it's... impregnate the female penis? The female fly. Well, the, there's a definite implication that the penis was in the 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 brundle natural. The human penis is gone. Yeah. The pu- The human penis is gone. He hasn't. He has yet to have. You know. He he had to break out of the, the the remains of the human casing for us to have seen 
his fly cock. I thought I saw Brundle Dick in the medicine cabinet. Yeah, I'm sure Brundle Dick was in the medicine cabinet. They, I think that uh, what they presented was possibly an uncut member so that they could leave it somewhat ambiguous that it could be something else. It wasn't, uh, you, don't, you don't get to see a lot of detail. It's just sort of, it, they sort of pan by, you're like, was that a, yeah, and then <laughs> yeah. move on. That had to have been, had to have been his dick. Had oh, to have God. been his dick. Well, I was like commenting to you guys when I was watching, I was like, here it comes off. Oh, and like, then other things start falling off. I think. I think it's true. And you're like, hey, wait till you see what's in the medicine cabinet. And I was like, all right. I took a good long look at that. I still scream when he's pulling his fingernails out. <laughs> yeah, I shudder watching that too. I'm not a, there are a few things that, I, that, I, that still really sort of gross me out. And that pulling out the fingernails is, is a gross out. Anything you do to, to an eyeball grosses me it grosses me out like there's the uh which is the like the fulci film where the the zombie film where they where they're they're pushing the the yes. face into the yes zombie yeah, yeah. The zombie was it that, that the first one there when they shove the woman's eye and you the close-up of the the wood splintering into the eye yeah that's, that's zombie still, yeah that that gives me the oogies every time i see that yeah, I mean it's 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 deliciously disgusting. I mean, even now, like some however many what thirty something years later the, since that movie, it's got to be um, yeah, thirty. Uh, doing doing the math, I, I I'm still in deep denial that it's been that long since I was in high school. Um, <laughs> I think this was uh, this was probably a lot of people's first exposure to pretty extreme body horror. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause like a mass audience is a lot. I mean, Cronenberg had done it before, but this was like a blockbuster film that, which was that really got into like some gross out, pussy, disgusting. Yeah. He did video drone and which I still have yet to see, but I saw like little snippets of that, but the scene where the VHS tape goes into the guy's tummy, James, James Woods, who's who's a gigantic piece of shit. And yeah, I'm just going to put it right there. Fuck James Woods. I still like a lot of his work, though. I um, like a lot of his work, but he's a piece of shit. Mm. I'm just going to say it. I'm sure he's listening. Fuck you. <laughs> he had the audacity. He had the audacity to call Joe Biden a lifeless husk. I'm like, my dude, <laughs> have you looked at yourself? James Woods. Absolutely a lifeless husk. No, Jeff could, he could brundle my fly anytime. Oh yeah, no, he's, he's hot as fuck. He's hot as fuck. I'd even, I'd even like have him during like the very early phases of meth phase of his transformation. Like he was still kind of cute at that point, but then, you know. Listen, if the dickin is good, you know, if you're getting a deep dickin, you're not looking at the face. (laughs) (laughs) You're getting a deep fly dickin. Like, I don't care if your face is falling apart, my dude. Man, that proboscis, I mean, the, the of the fly at the very end. Hey, imagine the places he can go. They had a lot of fun doing, doing that with the, 
the uh, the extend of the fly sucker thing with the little uh pulsing piece at the end that was they, they did a lot they there was uh there were some scenes that were cut from that which were very delicately filmed of of, of brundlefly eating with that and you could just tell they, that they were geeking out it seems like they had so much fun putting putting all of this together putting all the effects together like there's that uh the final transformation where his human skin just is, is gone where the, the head just emerges from the human skin. And they had the problem of, well, Brundlefly's head uh, is bigger than the, than the head, than the original head. And we have to show this transformation in real time with practical effects. So they used like, like plates and springs and hmm. had this, this thing sort of bunched up and just let it, tear the uh the the rubber or whatever the the, the skin was made of just let latex. it naturally yeah the latex just, just let it it was on a servo or something they triggered it and just let it naturally tear the latex off so that's why it looked so so good and and so natural in that scene oh yeah the effects still hold up i mean they still hold up and and you know there's no cgi going on there that that's just like all latex and rubber and you know whatever they're using to you know make the the fly vomit <laughs> and yeah. so are you guys watching lovecraft country Yes, looking so, very much forward to the finale tonight. Um, oh, I know. So, so the scenes where Ruby um, is taking—she's. I'm going to just spoiler alert all all of this, but she takes this potion to become a white woman, and then you know, as the potion wears off, her skin fall—you know—the white skin falls off, and she comes, you know, back as herself again. I feel when I was watching the fly, I felt like the, that effect kind of borrowed from the fly, like when you know Brundle loses his human skin and becomes, you know, his creation. His unintended creation. Yeah, and he says uh, toward you know towards the end of the movie, he's like, "I think I was a fly all along. That was that dreamt he was a human." Humans, yeah. Right. Have you ever heard of insect politics? Neither have I. Insects don't have politics. They're very brutal. No compassion. No compromise. We can't trust the insect. I'd like to become the first insect politician. I'd like to, but uh, I'm afraid. And. That's when he says, you know, later on, I'm saying I'm an insect who dreamt he was a man and loved it. But now the dream is over and the insect is awake. And then he's saying, I'll hurt you if you stay. Yeah. Which, you know, is timely, I think. And probably another cut coming here because now you get to meet Emma. <gasps> nice pussy. Emma. Oh, you got a tortie. See, yeah. Footfoot's yep. a tortie. Footfoot foot, foot is the one who will come in and, and glare at me because she hates me and she hates and she hates Mephisto. It should just, that should just go without saying like she's, she's been on the bed when Mephisto does his, his, his butt routine and she just mm. looks at him with such disgust. Well, uh, I keep returning. I keep returning to Mephisto and his, and his, uh, and his ass play. I actually have a segue that I, can play? Us, that I can get us back into. Well, from cats, because there is a, there's a deleted Damn. scene where he sent the baboon and the cat. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Monkey cat. Together. Monkey cat. Monkey, Monkey cat. cat, which, which they cut from the film ultimately because, well, the, the thing was terrifying. It was like a, it was like a John Carpenter's the thing, a little, a little fuzzy, 
thing with four limbs and a, a baboon head on one side and a kitty cat head on the other. And he just beats it to death with a metal rod. And they said, you know, they said, uh, you know, once you've seen your main character beat monkey cat to death with a metal rod, we don't care about your problems anymore. You've just beat monkey cat to death with a metal rod. So you're no longer a sympathetic character. Right. And that there's, it's an extended scene where he does that. I think it it would have worked well because you, it it's, it's a signal that he's turning into something that's, that's, that's not human. Cause he goes up onto the roof um, and just sort of screams that this is what he's become. And they, and he falls off the roof and roof and slides down a, a, a drain pipe. And I think it, originally he's supposed to kill a homeless woman after that. They're like, yeah, maybe we'll. But they filmed all of that. I don't think they they filmed the the uh, the homeless woman sequence, but they did film him sliding down the drain pipe. Uh, and you got Jeff Goldblum on there saying, "Yeah, I was in the uh, full costume up there, and they had me in uh, KY jelly of all things, covered in KY jelly and I oh. the drain pipe." And then. Uh, I took a long time to film and, and uh, then they cut it. Yeah. KY jelly. <laughs> KY jelly. <laughs> Many uses for KY jelly. <laughs> so see, that did tie into ass play. Yes, <laughs> yes it could. Yeah. <laughs> no, one, no one likes it dry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> which, is, which is why you see, you see the t-shirt. No, often no one likes it dry. <laughs> People think it's just a seven up thing, but Oh God. Yeah, I mean like inside out, inside out monkey was like bad. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking, fucking reverse like inside out baboon. Oh do you remember the original fly? I watched that yesterday for this as well, where he sends the cat through and then the cat doesn't come into the other uh the other telepod but he hears it meowing like in space somewhere. Like he, he hears it like it exists. <laughs> he sent it off somewhere. Oh, poor kitty in space. Oh, God. This, this whole franchise wasn't kind of cats. Oh, no, no. There were, there were apparently. Cats in space. Well, in the bug, there's the, one of the bugs like ends up scorching the cat. Yeah. Cause it attaches itself to the cat. And then that's how he proves that these things actually can make fire to somebody else because he brings it to the lab. He brings the dead cat into the lab. Yeah. 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 The, the, these, the bugs are never, bug movies are never kind. Because in the end of Slither, if you watch past the credits, there's also a, a, a kitty scene at the end Aww. of that. All I know is if I go to a guy's house and he gives me, he says, here, eat this steak and then eat this steak, I'm not going to do it. I'm not doing well, I mean, it there's a little lead up to that. It wasn't that, that wasn't the first night she didn't come home and, and walk in and, and he said, here, I have two steaks. You know, there, <laughs> there's a prologue. You lead up to that. That's not maybe, your first move. Maybe, maybe, maybe she got the prologue, but I get stuff sprung on me all the time. Well, if you read Brundlefly Mackin, his dating book, he talks about where that falls in the natural order of things. And it's, it's at least the third or fourth date before you introduce steak. Aha. Uh-huh. Fourth, fourth one? Third or fourth. Third or fourth. I mean, it depends on how things, how things are going. You've got to read the situation. Yeah. Brundlefly dating book. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> Seth Brundles. 
<laughs> date book, book, a book on tips on dating. Yeah. Dating advice from Seth Brundle. Yes. Yes. Although like she was pretty, she was pretty into getting him an expensive leather jacket straight off the, straight off the, was it, had they fucked by the time she bought him the jacket? Yeah, they had. Yeah. Yeah. And they had that, sex. That must have been really good sex. The uh, boyfriend. That was before. That, that was be- pre-Flycock sex. Yep. My God. And that that's when uh, the boyfriend, who's an interesting character in this, the, 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 yeah. this boyfriend, because he's not one dimensional. He's not the, the evil, jealous boyfriend. He's not yes. only that. He's partly that. He's actually seems like a, 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 a pretty decent editor in terms of, of looking out for his magazine. Uh, and he's, he's kind of, he's the one who comes in and saves her at the, at the end. Yeah. Uh, and so he, I think, I think he's interesting in the, in that sense that he's a very keen horn dog. We know that from, <laughs> from the yes. very beginning, but he's not, he's, he, they, they, they gave him a little bit more dimension than you would give that character in, in many films. Yeah. He, he ends up ultimately being, you know, sympathetic and not just because he has his like limbs burned off from <laughs> Brundle vomit. <laughs> the enzyme. Ugh. I know. I'm just remembering. He's like, Bleh. but the pleasure. Bleh. Like, here's Jeff Goldblum. He's got all these prosthetics on and and like makeup on. But like the pleasure, like that's on his face before he vomits up on mm. on like the ankle and then moves over and he's ready to like vomit on the guy's face and he's just got he's so happy about it. Like it's just like you can just right. now I'm gonna do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if you had that power to be able to vomit on somebody <laughs> and dissolve, I'm glad I don't have that. I read a that would be terrible, I, really. I read a quote from I can't remember who it was, but it was in some political magazine where somebody said, "I'm a pacifist because I'm a violent son of a bitch." <laughs> you know, yep, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's it, it would be it would be a thing where you'd walk around knowing that you have this power, but you don't necessarily have to use it. I mean, I, I would close down the Lynn market basket (laughs) 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 during, during quarantine for all the times that somebody has sprung down coming out of, out of, uh, an an aisle the wrong way, according to the arrows without a mask. And I've had to lean back. All I wanted was a can of peas. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That would have been automatic enzyme spewing. That would have been. I. That would have been. You know, just the re, the reaction. I mean, I had a delicious apple fritter this morning from Cane's Donuts, and and I, I I would not want to have, to have besmirched that fritter by vomiting on it first. You don't want to besmirch the fritter. And yeah, don't don't besmirch a, a nice donut or a nice fritter. Like you don't do that. I mean, like he was he was puking on packaged donuts, so I was okay with that. <laughs> don't puke on the good donuts don't just puke don't. on a good donut yeah don't puke on the good donuts those are a good donuts a, a you, do you like canes. the apple fritters from canes the apple fritters from canes are bomb did you go to the one in saugus yeah ah yeah, it, I think it, a half it, a oh, dozen. I'm sorry. Well, they're both clarify. in Saugus. Let me let me clarify the where the where the dinosaur was or further up. No, the OG one. Oh, good. Yeah, that's the good one. 
I've heard I've heard that the the quality of donuts is different at each of those locations. Yeah, you gotta go. You gotta go to the flagship. Yeah, to get I, I'm the good a fan stuff. of the maple maple bacon donuts myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think half a dozen of Cane's donuts probably would have would have given Brundlefly about three weeks worth of meals. <laughs> That's true because those donuts are big ass. They are. You could hollow them out and live in them. <laughs> <laughs> You could just walk the earth. With if, a you're donut on your back. if you're listening, if you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening, Canes, we're looking for you know, sponsors. But we would, <laughs> Canes, so good, you don't want to puke on them. <laughs> there is one more thing to mention from those so those DVD extras, and that is the yes. uh, the baboon. Okay, uh, apparently took uh, a liking to the script supervisor. Because, oh. he was, because he was raised by a woman who was uh, a shorter blonde haired woman and they've got footage of him walking around. They apparently had to, uh, to spray down his member. So he, <laughs> so it would not be in the shot. So they actually used like, like their spray <laughs> and sprayed it on him until he wilted enough that it wasn't obvious in the shot. Oh my! Nothing like a nothing like a turned on baboon. This is to, becoming the penis show. It's always the <laughs> penis show. Oh balls, balls, <laughs> balls are so wistful. Oh balls, where are thou? So you got speaking of balls and egg sacs and, and and shit like that. You want to talk about arachnophobia? Sure, let's talk about arachnophobia. I watched that again this week. Such a good movie. I hadn't, I don't, it's been probably a couple of decades since I revisited that. And I don't know why it's, it's. I loved it. I remember watching it when I was a kid, I was in high school and that was one of my favorite movies. Um, Not only did I love, I love John Goodman in it. I thought he was such a fun character. Um, but spiders skeeved out my dad, which was also kind of entertaining for me because, you know, he's like this big guy and he acted, always acted as if he would never be skeeved out by anything, but that was the one thing. So question, like, um, is there, are, are you, are you guys skeeved out by bugs in general? Spiders, spiders skeeve you out? Are you, are you, no? Yeah. Spiders uh, don't really, really skeeve me out. Sometimes it, it depends on. It depends on if they're on me and I don't realize it. <laughs> That's the, 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 if, if a surprise bug is not a good bug, but one, one you see coming is generally fine. Yeah. yeah the, 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 only, only, the only ones I really have an aversion to are mosquitoes. And that's just because they bite you and you feel their effects long after they're gone. So yeah. they make me, those guys make me actually angry more than skeeved out. But yeah. Mosquitoes, than- mosquitoes suck. Literally. Um, the only bug that really like sent house centipedes, man, house centipedes make me scream, vomit, cry. They're so gross. And, and, and having two cats in the house, I can tell you the only thing worse than finding a house centipede is finding half a centipede. <laughs> well, Listen. If your experience is anything like ours, a cat will catch it, smack it, and think, ha, I've got it, and then lift its, its paw up, and the thing will spring into action and run away because they're, 
they're not easy to kill either. You've really got to put some elbow into smushing one. Oh God. I'm just like, I'm so grossed out just thinking about it. Like that's one bug that like, I just can't, I can't. Most uh, bugs I will try to trap and put outside rather, rather, rather than kill the, the house centipedes. They, they bother Melissa and you can't catch them. They're too fast to catch anyway. So they kind of have to die. And you're supposed to let them live because they kill other things in the house. But yeah. I, I'm just like, but you're just so awful. But I that's like the taste like you. chicken of the, the insect <laughs> world. You know, you're not supposed to kill spiders because they kill other bugs. You're not supposed to kill house sunbeats because they kill other bugs. Well, which ones do we kill then? Flies, is that it? We yeah. can kill flies and mosquitoes. That's all we can. Yeah. We want to kill. I like to kill the flies only because I don't want the Oh. You know what? I do have kind of an ongoing war happening with um, with those little teeny tiny um, flu- fruit flies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those guys seem to just kind of hang out. If you have bananas laying around and stuff, they just p- proliferate on those. And then all of a sudden you've got fruit flies and it's a bad scene. So I have like this like glass of like, you know, wine that I have like set out for them to just drown themselves into. They'll just get attracted to the smell and go. So they get, they just get drunk and die. Yep. Okay. This is it. There's, there's, there are worse ways to go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving them their best, best uh, final moments. At first they're floating around telling each other, I love you. No, I really love you, man. And then they and you die. hear, help me, help me. <laughs> All right. Go back to arachnophobia. Sorry. Arachnophobia. Right, where Jeff Daniels' character actually is deathly afraid of spiders. And that's one of the things, one of the, the, the great character arcs in that is him overcoming that fear to protect his family and, and his adopted town and his friends. That he, he winds up, it, it's a sort of predictable trajectory, I guess, if he, the, that the guy who in the beginning, it's like Chekhov's gun, you know, in the beginning he says, I hate spiders. I, you know, he's going to wind up trapped inside a house full of spiders at some point. That's, that's sort of got to, that has to happen from the minute he says, I don't like spiders and it's called arachnophobia. Oh, I mean, that, that scene where he has, you know, the spider that's on fire and is going after him, like the, the most aggressive, the general, I guess, and he's got the general and the general's on fire and he's coming after him in the, in the wine cellar mm-hmm. and he gets the nail gun and then he shoots that motherfucker right into <laughs> the egg sack that's like pulsating. That pulsating egg sack is disgusting and it's like so cool though it's like if you wanted to do like a haunted house on your porch it has to have i I, i'm I'm convinced it has to have a pulsating egg sac a glistening pulsating egg sac all right so i lived in florida for four years and (laughs) and so they don't have cockroaches in Florida. They're called palmetto bugs, right? I mean, but they're like these giant fucking flying cockroaches. And no matter how clean you keep your house, you, you've got them. Like, so like every night I lived in this little place in central Florida 
Um, and like every night I'd have to do a sweep because this place that I lived in was like this old decrepit house and, and the kitchen was outfitted with like these like metal cabinets and you could hear like the cockroach legs, you know, on the inside of these cabinets, like, (laughs) but let me tell you the pregnant ones, like the pregnant palmetto bugs were like, I mean, they would, they would pulsate and they were just like, and they were extra glistening and they were so fucking gross. So that just reminded me of that. So yeah. And you know, they're not sweating. So what is that? No, yeah. What is so that glistening? It's, uh, Which it's was, a mucosal I think coating we, on we, the egg sac. I don't think we could, we could do an episode of bu- about bugs without mentioning the uh, they're creeping up on you segment from Creep Show. Right? Yes, with, with E.G. Yes. Marshall. If you're talking about, that's got to be the ultimate cockroach horror. There, when when they reach out to the scientists in arachnophobia and say, "Hey, our our, our village might be overrun with with the spider that you brought here," the he immediately runs to the to the the town to try to to help. He's not trying to to preserve the spider for his his own research or whatever he's there to help and it's he so you've got the the uh the 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 researcher and you've got john goodman in the same and the end john goodman's trying to impress him with like yeah i've i've seen this sort of you know just with his research as well you know i know in, in south america this or this happens and and there's a genuine sadness when he comes upon the, the scientist uh, having been killed in that barn is like, they got the professor, you know, so it's, it's, it, mm-hmm. they didn't play the two against each other, but the, there is that moment when, when he comes out of the truck with his personal stash and the two guns and says rock and roll. And you're like, yeah, that's, that's one of those, those great moments. Like, yeah, he's going to fuck some spiders up. I mean, irrational <laughs> sort of like when people hear the Rocky theme, that sort of, that's that moment for right. nerds like me. Right. Yeah. I loved it. I love him in that. I totally love him in that. Did, did you know that they named some of those spiders? No. So the, they, they named one of the spiders after Robert Zemeckis and his name was big Bob. <laughs> and and so I'd read that um, that uh, Jeff Daniels had a problem with the spiders. He doesn't like them in real life. And mm-hmm. he really got upset when um, they, they would have scenes with Big Bob. And I think the whole the whole thought process was like the spiders have to come first. So they had to be really patient with filming. And um, but they, they the people that were Big Bob's handlers um would say to Jeff Daniels, okay, well, if he comes after you, we'll be right there and to stop him. Don't worry about it, which didn't help with Jeff Daniels' apprehension. But John Goodman, on the other hand, had no problems with Big Bob whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. I had a um, a friend of mine from college, um, Dave Pascarelli, uh, rest, rest his soul. We went out and bought, because he wanted some kind of like exotic like pet he wanted like a tarantula he just thought it would be badass if he had a tarantula in his apartment and again i i went to college in uh in florida in dead central florida where there's just all manner of shady characters and um 
So we were trying to find somebody who would sell us a tarantula. And um, so he's on the phone. He's on the phone. And, you know, he cups his hand over the phone. He says really excitedly, ooh, Lise, he has something called a bird-eating spider. And I was like, a bird-eating spider? So, Those things are humongous, aren't they? Aren't those like the, the uh, well, like yes, this 12 inch friggin' spider? And this was, this was a juvenile bird-eating spider. Um, so we decided to, we decided it would be uh, great to have a bird-eating spider. Um, so we ended up getting a bird eating spider bought from this guy in a in a shady van in the walmart parking lot in dade city florida and you know as he's handing us the spider you know and he's in his little terrarium with his like front front runs up like his front (laughs) legs up like in attack mode and he hands us this fucking spider that we later named fang um and he says kids whatever you do don't let that spider bite you (laughs) (laughs) thanks thanks buddy that was the story of fang the bird eating spider did the bird eating spider just happen to be in the van and you sold it or did you acquire it from somewhere well we acquired yeah he he had it from him oh yeah i mean honest to god it could have been lisa what did you feed fang well at the beginning fang ate crickets and then uh and then uh baby mice but david moved away so i i don't know ultimately what happened with uh with Fang's diet. How long do they live? Do you know? Well, I mean, if you're feeding them right, I mean, I don't know. I mean, how long do tarantulas live? They're immortal. The the immortal. Yeah. I think one of the things that that arachnophobia, one of the reasons why that was so successful is, is, is because it didn't skimp on the horror. And I think Steven Spielberg knows how to do horror really well in that sort of thrilling sense of horror. So you get that, that I think there's some legitimately sort of scary bits of this, like, especially when they, when they set it up, when they go into the the jungle and get the spider and the, the, the photographer gets bitten, like they, it's all set up very well. And though it's a comedy, but it also has some very uh, classic kind of moral of the story arcs to it. Like when he comes, he, like the the whole subplot with the uh, the town doctor who who screws over the Jeff Daniels character by not retiring, and just the I had forgotten that whole plot and how the the how that's sort of put together with the spiders. The first several kills of the spider, they're blamed on Jeff Daniels' character as a doctor because they're all his doctor patients. death. So, yeah. So, yeah, the doctor death thing. And it's, it's all put together so well, the comedy and the horror and the, the plotting and the, the pacing of it. And it's also filled with a murderer's row of great character actors to, to flesh out every part of that. Julian Sands is the doctor. Stuart Pankin is wonderful as the, the, like the, the sheriff who sides with the town doctor, who is Henry Jones. Yeah. Uh, the lady who plays Mimi on the Drew Carey show. Yes, yes, she's the she's the doctor, the the uh, the un, the uh, undertaker, the undertaker, the undertaker, the uh, um, the autopsy, the uh, the coroner, uh, who is Roy Brocksmith from Total Recall and a bunch of other things. Yep, it's just the whole thing is is put together. It's it's meticulous, and and I don't know why it took me twenty years to watch that again. The the point of view uh, shots from the spider's point of view, I thought was pretty cool. 
And then there were like those scenes where you would see, you know, the, the reflection of the characters in the spiders, like eyeballs, like, yeah. you know, those were really, really great shots. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, Steven Spielberg is an okay director. <laughs> <laughs> so if we were looking at like, sorry. I'm sorry. No, I was just Go like, ahead. sorry, we, we just spun out of, we just went into the weeds again. Oh, As no, we do. No, no. So if we're looking at like, um, you know, thing, themes or, or, or timing things of the 80s and actually, no, that was 1990 that arachnophobia came out. Yep. Um, you know, so what were we dealing with historically at that time? That was still Cold War-ish. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's the ongoing theme of like, don't, you know, man's hubris, like we talked about before in the nature episode, like, you know, it, it's, it's hubris and arrogance and, you know, you think you can outsmart nature or improve on nature or make things better. Um, and or, or go poking around in rainforests where, you know, these killer spiders live and expect to come out. Okay. Well, right. I don't think I'm not sure that was, too big of a theme in arachnophobia no not arachnophobia but she was yeah. just sort of saying about like the the time it, uh, like what's the time of it was it was like raiders of the lost ark and there was the it was a throwback to those kind of things i think yeah. it was his love letter to to classic uh horror genre stuff and and that's something spielberg Spielberg, you know spielberg takes that that nostalgia and turns it into this to something pretty sublime i think yeah i mean with raiders it's certainly the first you know raiders of the lost ark i mean that was homage to you know the serials that you know that would show in in the movie theaters and, and very much you know that whereas yeah arachnophobia is definitely more like the classic giant spider sci-fi late night saturday night horror spider thing <laughs> yes so, so as long as we're still on spiders, like what's the, what's the better, uh, what's the better it spider, the, the television it spider or the, or the move or the movie it spider. That's another one where it's, it, they're so different. Yeah. I mean, the one is so, so campy and the other one is, I, there, there were some, there were some moments that I think were legitimately terrifying in the, the update of, of it. Uh, especially in the uh, in part two was the uh, um, the the old woman in the house that scene. Where oh she, God! Yeah, there, was, there and and Pennywise under the bleachers, mm-hmm. gnawing on the the kid's head. They were there were some. Whereas the the original it was like a like a haunted hayride, you know. Yeah. Yeah. They, and the new one was, oh, there's a clown in your basement. Burn down your house and run away. <laughs> Salt the earth. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, I remember um, Chris Robichaud, who was a, a guest on on the podcast, like had very strong feelings about the 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 spider at the end of the film. Um, it it made him upset. He didn't like it. He thought it was actually worse. Than the spider at the end of the television series uh, or the mini series of it, and I was just like, mm, "No, no, I don't think it's worse. It's different, but I don't think you could call it worse." 
we we talking the uh the the head that sprouts spider, spider yeah like legs. The, the the clown spider hybrid mm-hmm. i know i'm i'm trying to look at photos of them now because i'm i can't get the uh i can't remember what the tv version looked like oh the tv version just looked like a giant like party city spider <laughs> like the kind of spider you'd like put across like your your front porch yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at it now. I don't know the context matters so much in these too, in terms of of the scene and the the lighting and the voices. I mean, everything was played for camp in that in that television. Right, right, and you know it's supposed to be so. You know the the reveal of the true it. You know it in its true form and. and when when you've been so squicked out by Tim Curry over the last, you know, however many, you know, hours of, of watching. And then there's this Party City spider. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> um, there's an in part two. I was just like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's pure CGI, but, you know, it was kind of it was kind of metal. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's 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 like you know, do you want chocolate or vanilla? You know, it. it I think they were both pretty scary. It just is. A, I think it's personal preference. Pretty scary. You thought the first spider was pretty scary. I I, I did. Well, how old were you though? Um, what nineteen ninety? I was yesterday. Uh, I'm still. I think. Uh, Seventeen, maybe sixteen or seventeen years old. Yeah, see, I, I didn't find that scary. I mean, I was like twenty, and I was just like, I had no words for it then. But yeah, it's a Party City spider. I Go back remember, to Party City where you belong. I remember being somewhat disappointed in the in the the ending of the the new It Part Two. Not even well, not even really disappointed. Just not. It wasn't a, as good as I'd hoped it would be. It, and I and I liked so much of the rest of it, and, and I remember there's Stephen King's cameo in there. Yeah, he, he talks about endings of the of of and, the, and it's all there's that subplot about disappointing endings. Yeah, in there and I think oh, that ha 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I, I kind of feel like that came true a little a little bit, but overall, I liked both of the uh the new installments yep i was just thinking spiders and that just came yeah to mind. no like, that, that is relevant i just remember chris being like just so furious about that as a matter of fact kevin is in in his office right now playing uh dungeons and dragons on zoom and uh chris is the dungeon master so he's got that going on in his office i'm in here in my office talking about bugs um and that's what makes a good marriage there you go <laughs> There you go. That's what our marriage is about. Can I can I give an honorary mention to this? Doesn't have anything to do with uh, movies or, uh, or books. I'm I'm not sure anybody has used this type of spider, but I just want to note how adorable jumping spiders are. Jumping spiders, yes, they are. They are because they, they jump. Are, they're very cute. They, they they're very quizzical. I remember staring at one for several minutes that was outside our house just on a on a branch and and he's he's got all those those i think you can see like four tiny eyes usually with them and they've got the 
They're usually very brightly colored. They're very small. They can the and their their front little legs are always moving and they're leaping about. I think that they're they're adorable. They're they're actually the jumping spider is uh oh, what's there's an, an animated series there, where this there are actually like some cute memes with those jumping spiders. There there's a there's a spirit Lucas the spider. Lucas is, the spider is a, an adorable animated series that's trying to make people not so afraid of spiders uh, in that's a jumping spider and he's got the the two big eyes and the two small eyes i should have written a children's book about fang <laughs> people less afraid of bird eating spiders <laughs> it's not too late they're your friends they're your friends they, they have like the jumping spider actually they have like they look like they're smiling they look like they have like facial expressions. Which one? The the uh, the jumping spiders? Yeah, the jumping spiders look like they're smiling. They they look actually like happy little. They they have happy cr- little spiders. Happy little spiders. They, happy they little look- clouds and happy little spiders. They should be. There should be a horror movie about ladybugs. Like, let's take a bug that like nobody has any problem with, and turn that into a horror movie. But they infest. Ladybugs do infest. Yep. Well, then they're okay. So, so I don't know if you guys, you guys had to have seen you know, Tremors um, with uh, yeah. Reba McIntyre and uh, I think his name is Michael Gross and uh, Kevin Bacon and, you know, with the sand, the sandworms, the giant sandworms. Yep. Mm-hmm. That, the dune-like sandworms. Mm. Yep, Dune with the sandworms. I watched a uh, Squirm from nineteen seventy six or seventy seven. Yeah, that's a good so, one. That was that was really good. They and and what what bummed me out is that they originally um, were looking at casting Kim Basinger as, and they turned her down because she looked she she was like just too well scrubbed for um, what they were going for in like this you know southern town this like little hick town where you know it's a very folksy backdrop and um and i think i forget who the they wanted to cast as as the guy but um you know there were there were other people that you know they had looked at and said no we're gonna go with these you know relative unknowns which i was kind of it could i think this movie could have been bigger than what it was but um yeah, I mean, I just, I, 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 I really enjoyed it. Um, it just, there are parts of it that cracked me up. Have you ever had an egg cream before? Oh, yes. Have you? Where yeah. did you have one? I didn't uh, realize they were a thing even. Well, they're not really a thing in New England. Um, I learned about them because I was a big uh, fan of, the, of Harriet the Spy. And Harriet the Spy, uh, the protagonist of that young adult or kid's book, um, was partial to egg creams because, you know, she lived in Manhattan. So I learned about egg creams. And then, um, you know, my uh, maternal grandparents were out in Montana and my grandfather had like his rec room bar. And so I would make egg creams in the rec room bar when I was a kid. And it's weird. There's no egg in the egg cream. No. <laughs> I don't know what they are. I've never, I've never had one. So go ahead. It's a uh, chocolate syrup and uh, soda, soda with, water. With a little shot of milk. And a little shot of milk. But, and they stuff. call it an egg cream. 
Is it? I I've got to. I guess I've got to try it tonight then. Did that like feature it. into the? Uh, oh yeah. So the, like the, when, the plot of Squirm. When you first see where a, a, a worm just kind of inappropriate places itself, it's in the in this guy's drink. So you know these. <laughs> So the premise is that there was this big, huge storm that knocked out all the phone lines, of course. So, you know, nobody can talk to each other or call for help. So you've got like, we're isolating the victim, you know, or victims of which, which is this town um, out in, 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 uh, in rural Georgia. And the, uh, the, the downed lines, you know, fall to the earth and the earth is wet. So it's a perfect, you know, activation for these worms that come out of the ground and get really angry and, and, and start biting people and, you know, eating them to the bone. So, you know, the, the first time you see like one of the angry worms, it's, this this guy named uh, Mick who is coming in from out of from the city to visit his uh, girlfriend, um, and That's he comes trope. in and what's that? It's another trope. That yeah. City, yeah, 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 yeah. So city boy going into the country and he goes to the soda shop and orders an egg cream and has to tell the waitress what an egg cream is, and the sheriff's in there and they don't like the looks of this guy and he's ordering this drink at the soda shop that no one's heard of. And so that, that makes him a bad guy to begin with. And then, you know, the, then there's a worm in it that, you know, he exposes and everybody thinks that he's the one that planted the, the worm in the egg cream as a, as a joke. So, now so it's like the, it's like the tequila worm, but it's an egg cream worm. It, egg cream yeah. worm. <laughs> You're not supposed to drink the worm. In a, in a cream. <laughs> an egg cream. You're not supposed to. No, no, no. It's a hallucinogenic egg cream worm. So, so I was reading where they got these worms from and they got, you know, some of them that they, they were able to get locally, but they got a lot of them from Maine and shipped them. They're like billions of these worms. Uh, yeah. 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 And, yeah. and, and I guess that year the, the fishing people, you know, had to suffer a worm shortage because of the filming of this movie. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, it is. I mean, Maine fishers angry. <laughs> the fisher people no. are angry. and they actually like hired like boy scouts to um work like this canvas to make it undulate so that like we would see the sea of worms kind of swelling and ebbing and flowing mm-hmm. and like there are these boy scouts that are like making them do that which i thought was pretty cool too but still um, still unexplained uh there were no pepperidge farm chess cookies that year either Crickets. After the worm shortage. <laughs> <laughs> what? Nobody knows why. Just there were no chess cookies that year. It's because they, because they some people suspect it was the worms. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? I'm trying to understand your joke, Nick. And I, I was like, am I dumb right now? Like, do I need more coffee? I was trying to tie the worm shortage to Pepperidge Farm cookies in Maine. Pepperidge Farm remembers. So <laughs> worm shortage. That's what I was trying to trying oh. to demonstrate this manner, and it failed spectacularly. <laughs> Usually, I edit like long spaces of silence. <laughs> I cut those out. I'm I'm leaving that fucker <laughs> in. I thought it was me. I was like, uh... <laughs> like. Are you 
<laughs> I don't know. You can check it out yourself. I don't know. I've no. heard things. No. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, so, yeah. <laughs> we so might worm- need to wrap the- this fucker up. <laughs> no, I want to talk about the worms more. But, you know, everything turns out okay in the end. You know, some mm. people die. There's a guy that turns into a worm face. <laughs> you should not write the cliff notes. For this. <laughs> Everything's fine. Some people die, but, you know. People we want to live, live. Be Trump's, Trump's speech writer. You know, some people <laughs> die. It's like but everything, cliff notes. But everything, everything, was, everything was fine, ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. All the cliff notes in Yin's cliff notes end with, and, uh, you know, some people died, but uh, it was okay. <laughs> yeah, and, it and, it uh, was okay. The worms ate the trunk of a tree, so, you know, it fell into the house, and that was okay, too. You know, Yosarian, he uh, jumped into the water, and he uh, started swimming, and uh, that was about it for for that guy. And, uh, <laughs> you know... <laughs> <laughs> This feels like a Dan Aykroyd character. Oh like my people. god! And then yeah, it was fine. And then, you know, it's okay. <laughs> there was this movie, and there were some people came out of some graves, and they ate a bunch of people, and there were, there were a few people in a house, and then you know that was over, and you know a couple people died, but uh, it was okay. It was yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was right. <laughs> That's like me trying to explain childbirth to my my client. Well, you know, it's gonna hurt. And, and she de- she delivered a, a giant maggot, but it's it okay. <laughs> There's a good chance you'll live. I just want to assure you that the chances that you will die horribly are are there, but they're very small. Yeah, don't the be ma- afraid. The maggot might outlive you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. It'll be okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> What? No one's gonna jump on that. No one's gonna I jump. Say, I just set you guys up, man. Uh, I want to. I'll, I want to give an honorary mention to the moment in Slither, which is my favorite, where the the woman is uh, in uh, impregnated with all the little slug babies, and she has turned into this like forty foot circumference ball, and it's just her head sticking out. And they find her in the in the in the barn, and her yes. first words are, "There's something wrong with me." <laughs> And then she bursts into into a universe of slugs that jump down your throat and kill you. <laughs> I didn't realize before I watched this week. Yeah. Yeah, that's a moment. That's a moment. That's a moment. All right. I'm, <laughs> I'm out of gas, guys. I'm out of gas. I mean, if you guys want to keep talking, I'm, <laughs> I'm out of gas. I got plenty I, of gas for you. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure. A, we're wrapping it up. We're just bringing it back to the beginning with the yeah, gas. Yeah, now it all comes back to yin and the hospital food and the maggot baby. and <laughs> Yin and the hospital so, food and the maggot baby. A great if you If you're book. pregnant with a maggot baby and would like to have a holistic, hippy-dippy delivering <laughs> of the maggot baby, yin's your girl. <laughs> I just yin see- is a doula. A birth doula to maggot babies. God. Now I want to see like the the uh, the local car commercial sort of version of of your commercial for this this service, where you're just holding a squirming maggot baby and and giving the thumbs, the up, thumbs up to the up. camera. Having a maggot, call in. I know what to do. 
<laughs> I know what to do. It's like, this is your pelvis and this is the baby coming through your pelvis. <laughs> Except imagine that this is a maggot. <laughs> this is the exact and, size your baby's going to be and the same consistency. Play some soothing lute music while you're delivering your maggot baby. There'll be, I'm sure there will be essential oils involved. There were essential oils involved. I'm sure, yeah. I mean, what, what, what's a good essential oil for delivering a maggot? Yeah, yeah, no, no. The essential oils were out. I had uh, lavender, little lavender, Uh, uh, lang lang, peppermint. Peppermint, because uh, you get vomitoriously ill um, when you're in labor because Because, of the pain. And because maggots like peppermint? No. (laughs) It staves off the nausea. (laughs) (laughs) The strawberry alarm clock's big hit. Maggot babies. (laughs) I, I swear to God, this podcast needs to have... It, you can write so many songs based on some of these punchlines. Maggot baby, my maggot baby. <laughs> Where have you been all my life, maggot baby? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maggot baby. Maybe, maybe you'll turn into a fly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maggot baby James. So, Ian, (laughs) sweet. (laughs) (laughs) That actually makes me like James Taylor. Oh, Jesus Christ. People don't, he's, very, he's a reclusive fellow. People don't know about that part of his history that he was born a maggot. And had <laughs> Everybody has their battles. <laughs> he overcame that quite well, I think, to become a superstar. Not many, not many maggots do, but many try. There are a lot of maggots in the industry. They're just usually pretty low level. Low level maggots. I thought this was the penis episode or the butt episode. No, it's I the maggot episode. This is maggot baby. Maggot baby. Maggot baby. All, right. All right. So so Nick, you got anything to you got anything to promote before we wrap this shit show up? <laughs> um no, not at the moment. I'm still working on a lot of stuff. I've got a I'm still working on a on the uh, the next EP <laughs> to come out. <laughs> this is like shit turd revisited. <laughs> the next EP, of course, produced by Maggot Baby James. <laughs> I'm really uh, trying hard not to. <laughs> it was, like, it go was ahead, a pleasure Nick. to well, be. You know, in this- you're so you're so vain was written about Maggot Baby James. James. We can reveal that now, of course. You walked in to a party like, like you were walking, walking on, on a pile of shit. 
got no veins. <laughs> I bet you think this donut is for you, for you, for you. All right, so so Nick, you're saying it was a pleasure. It was a pl- I was just saying it was a pleasure to work with with uh, uh, sweet maggot baby James in the studio. <laughs> uh, there's some things that I never would have thought of. Some approaches to the songs that that uh, maggot baby James had that that I never would have thought of myself. But that's uh, I I don't know how to, to how to say. Something <laughs> to, to, to add this off. I just want to do this. Uh, well, I mean, I got I got nothing else but this shit show to promote, so I'm done. And Yin's Yin's delivered her first uh, maggot baby. No, it's a real baby. She 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 birthed Doolage, a real a real baby. Yep, yep. It was a it was an exhausting and exhilarating experience, and it will be forever burned into my memory. It's the first time I've been on and the other colon. side of a. Birthing- <laughs> <laughs> fuck you nick sorry i derail things it's what i do that's okay i do have one thing i have a a a radio show that's coming out oh yeah um, uh monday that that my old my alma mater the university at buffalo suny buffalo no longer has a student-run indie station so some uh, students and alumni put together uh, a magazine and a streaming radio station at subjectmedia.org. And I've got a two and a half hour Halloween special episode. Oh, cool. Cool. Yay. Will it, so uh, will it be available after tomorrow? Yeah, it should be. It's just coming out tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow night sometime on subjectmedia.org. It should come out with all sorts of uh, uh, let's see i've got stuff from this from the original broadway re- uh, cast recording of sweeney todd oh nice the damned the cramps a uh, bunch of tv show theme songs good good some parliament in there nice uh, some classical music some a lot of punk and rock and roll stuff but that'll be out uh monday Awesome. Awesome. We'll have, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll promote the shit out of that. Um, yeah. So <laughs> as I was saying, if you've gotten through this far, God bless you. Um, and, uh, rate us if, if you, if you will, wherever you're, you're listening to podcasts, we would certainly appreciate it. And of course the biggest way you can help us is to tell more people about stay scary. We're on all the, we're on all the platforms and, we're on the social medias. You can look us up, Stay Scary Podcast, on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. And uh, I think that's I think that's about it. Maggot babies used to be creepy babies. Maybe we're going to start calling our listeners maggot babies. <laughs> it's up to you. Vote. Would you rather be a creepy baby or a maggot baby? Ping us. Let us know. You're maggot babies. Yeah, I think we're. I think we're. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So uh, thank maggot babies and uh, everything's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, thanks for listening and stay scary. There's a monster in.